Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index podcast. I'm Trev Downey coming to you as ever from beautiful rural Ireland and fresh from brief AI sabbatical to get my wonky brain looked at in New York. The upshot will be of no surprise to regular listeners. My brain, they said, is weird. So that's a nice thing to know for me, isn't it? I'm joined back at our civilized recording time of 9.30 by friend to the stars of the 80s, Carl Kopak, and shed-dwelling milkshake fancier Cam Branch. And in the background... Knob twiddling maestro Guy Drinkle is preparing to interject stuff into the chat box for Cam to read out uh, and talk and, himself about. And argue with. And argue with. Com- completely, completely uh, oblivious to you listeners. Uh, it's magical radio. You, you can look forward to it. So uh, I just want to start off with uh, a little bit of a reflection on on, on, uh, on on something that struck me amazingly heavily. Uh, like I said in the intro there, I was away for a few days um you know, getting uh, getting uh, some of the give me a, an opinion on why why my head is so weird, and uh, I was I was in New York, and I, I I've never been so affected by a place in my life. It was just profound, I have to say. Have you not been uh, before? I'd never been in my life. Oh man! And, 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 and to be rocking up there at the tender age of thirty-two, um, you know, uh, it was <laughs> was uh, it was quite it was it was quite quite stunning. I uh, left a real impact on me i have to say uh, i've basically decided like I'm, I'm putting this out there that if, if i am around for a good while longer i'm going to go and live there for a while because it's just it's the most interesting place i've ever been to so i thought i'd start off our, our usual quotation things with two quotes from two of my heroes actually which sum up the kind of manic allure of the place quite beautifully the first one is from john updike probably my favorite novelist i'd imagine he says the true New Yorker secretly believes that people living anywhere else have to be, in some sense, kidding, which I like. <laughs> and then, of course, comedy hero of mine, George Carlin. This is absolutely class. Great, he says, in New York, most people don't have cars. So if you want to kill a person, you have to take the subway to their house. And sometimes on the way, the train is delayed and you get impatient. So you have to kill someone on the subway. That's why there are so many subway murders. No one has a car. Wonderful stuff. So that's just my New York thoughts. Carl, got anything to kick us off with today? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Um, and this is, uh, you've been on your travels and so have I, although it's a less glamorous um, on Viron. Um, and it's this. I will not make any deals with you. I've resigned. I will not be pushed, filed, stamped, indexed, briefed, debriefed or numbered. My life is my own. I resign. Thank you. Okay. You're not going to get that in a million years, by the way. Oh. Is is it is it is it something? Is it if, is it a quote from a movie, from a book, from a what is it? Cult TV program. <laughs> okay, go on. If I'm, if I'm watching it, it's a cult TV program. I'm not watching it strictly, right? Something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, 
So, well, I can t- well, I can tell you at the weekend, I went with my family to a place called Langollen in North Wales. Um, okay. I always wanted to go there. We were there for approximately 24 hours before we realised there was literally nothing to do. Um, guy saying that Britain's got talent is also a cool programme. I, I refute that argument. Uh, um, maybe, so, cha- maybe change a letter in cult. But anyway, go ahead. Yes, indeed, yeah. Um, so we went to Langollen and then we had nothing to do on the Sunday, so we went to Port Merion. Uh, on the west coast of Ireland, of Ireland, the west coast of, uh, of Wales, you have to go drive through snow and to get there. And Port Merion was the location of the TV programme The Prisoner, uh, in 1966. Oh, glorious. Which, which, which viewed in 1967 and 68. And if you haven't heard of it, it was basically a tiny village in the middle of some woodland, which was designed by an architect who designed every building on there. And he's obsessed by the, um, uh, the sort of uh, Italian Mediterranean. And it's worth Googling. I mean, I've always sort of wanted to go there because there's a Doctor Who connection as well. And I was absolutely wiped away by it. It's amazing. Uh, um, so I, ne- so- I, I never got to see The Prisoner, Carl. I, I, bought, I, bought, I bought it today. I bought was, it today. Was, was, it, was, it, was it the star of that, the guy who played? Is it, was it Patrick Malahide? Pat, the guy Pat, played, no, Patrick McGowan. Patrick McGowan, sorry. Um, he played he played Longshanks in Braveheart. Isn't that right? Oh, am uh, I right? Uh, no, I don't think he played now. No? He's, no? He's, he's quite old now. So this is... Um, so he would have been in his... Like, 30s in 1966, so I don't think it would have been him. But he, um, I don't think so anyway. But um, the, the, the famous line from The Prisoner is, I am not the, because he plays number six in it. It's a really weird series. series. Yeah. And he yes. says, I'm, um, I, so. I am not the number, I'm a free man. It's famous for him being chased around the beach by a big inflatable ball. Yes, that's the one. Uh, the, Simpsons, yeah, the Simpsons did a good pastiche of it. Always do, yeah. They yeah. love the Prisoner references in The Simpsons. And uh, I've never been before, and I want to go back immediately. I've just looked up Patrick McGowan on Wikipedia, and I was right about Braveheart. Oh, I was doing Braveheart. Okay. Yeah, excellent. Okay. Uh, Cam, any 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 inspiring quotations for us this week? I don't do. Mine's a easy peasy one for you, Trevor. But just going back to Braveheart, why yeah. would you be thinking of that? What, what do you mean? Why would you be any, thinking? Any any connection there with you and Braveheart by any chance? I know where you're going with this, Paul. You know the story. All oh, right. Okay. Fair enough. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> it involves it involves exposure. And uh, and yeah. being pay- and being paid to do it, so I'm I'm okay. I'm, did I'm, you have a, did you have a double? Did you have a stunt double? No, I didn't have a stunt arse. I was I was one no. of the guys. <laughs> I was one one of the guys uh, doing the the kilt uh, lifting and a f- assorted other bits and bobs, uh, because I I very much at the time looked like a, a wild uh, Scotsman, uh, with with the hair and beard combo. So that's how that worked. So did I you see to- Catherine? What's the name? The one with oh. the and Braveheart. I didn't see her at all. Wow. I didn't see her at all. Um, I did see Gibbo hanging about, looking. Well, it's, 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 it's a project you both worked on together, isn't it? But... Well, we have collaborated, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for that, Cam. Um, You're anyway, You're you were saying. I just thought it was appropriate. Right, my quote on supporting Rangers. You always dream of playing for the team you support, but the most important thing for me was. I just wanted to be a professional footballer. Fortunately, I fulfilled my dream. When Rangers don't take you on, it's not the end of the world. It just means that when you later play against them and score, it makes it a wee bit more special. The king. Absolutely. Absolutely. The and king. why would I mention the king today? Who knows? Possibly What's something so great to do. King? Something to do with the fact that he is uh, now to be to be heard. His- his lovely tone to be heard on AI as he uh, is promoting the Marine Dalglish Appeal and doing podcasts with the channel. I think it's a wonderful thing. So if you haven't heard that, folks, do uh, get yourselves over to uh, 
the website and click on whatever link you have to click on or get your podcast downloader and get into it because it's I heard just... It. heard it. I've tried to... I've said, Cam question, um, I've said Gags questions. It's glorious. Seriously, it's, I have. You do? You, oh, are you, do you mean the, for for further uh, episodes or, or, yeah. or notifications? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've told that I've sent to my uh, online calendar when I'm available to speak to him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, can I just can I just put on the record here now on the flagship show that uh, I am absolutely disgusted at the organization. Yeah, <laughs> I am as well, yeah. Which, uh, which resulted in me being in freaking New York. The only four days I've been away for the last two years, and uh, they, uh, they, unfortunately, that was the only time Kenny could do it. But anyway, anyway, it'll be an ongoing thing. We'll see how it develops. But the main thing is, anyway, the purpose of it is the uh, wonderful charity work that um, uh, the Marine Douglas um, Appeal does. So that is very much at the essence and the heart of whatever uh, collaboration is going on. So make sure you do uh, donate to that if you can at all. Um, lads, we'll start by reflecting on today's uh, immediate news, which is the Champions League draw and, of course, the League Cup draw, which paired us uh, in the third round against Chelsea at home. Uh, which is interesting. We come back to that if you fancy it. Um, I have a couple of thoughts on it. But I've just come off Mulby on the spot talking to the man himself about the Champions League draw. And, you know, I think uh, there's a lot of bravado and bullishness, Carl, at the moment in, in Liverpool fans. And it's, uh, you know, fair play. It's nice to see. Maybe over the top stuff is a bit difficult to, to stomach. But uh, a lot of people, I think, almost gloriously overconfident. That's a tough group. Well, I, I tweeted um, 18 points. <laughs> so, so you're one of them. Yeah, I think there was I mean, it's it's difficult. I mean, I, I'm sure we're going to break them down when we play them. But PSG, um, of course, they're a good side. They've, they've got Mbappe, they've got Neymar. And of course, they're a good side. But Steve Warner made a really good point on on, um, on Sky before when he said in the French League, and no disrespect to it, but Neymar, Neymar's doing things like he's putting the ball over people's heads and picking them up the other side. You tried that against Virgil van Dijk, mate, see how you get on. Um, so I think it's going to be one of those games. I, I don't think PSG will beat us, but I don't, there's a chance we may not beat them either. Um, I'm not worried at all about Napoli because we've already played them. And um, Red Star Belgrade, I mean, God knows. God, I looked them up on Wikipedia. I don't know any of the players. Um, and I'm normally okay at sort of, you know, recognising who plays who on the continent. But that was, uh, I think it would be okay. Last time I paid any attention to Red Star Belgrade, I think Robert Prozinetsky was playing with them and they were winning things. And they Stoikovic were, for me, actually. Stoikovic, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, th- I think I think that was out, that was in the in the year, late eighties, early nineties. I mean, I, I I like you. I I'm not even going to pretend that I know anything about them or what kind of a side they are. They're in the Champions League. They're probably no nobody's fools. Um, Cam, I mean, my initial take was. Oh God, that stings a bit. It's rough because Napoli, we know, are, are and, and Mr. Mulby's point now, very, very, very intimidating at home. Red Star Belgrade, he told me, are as well. Yeah, uh, PSG. That'll, that'll, that'll be an away game. That one. That listen, that could be, that could be a glorious, a glorious thing to plan towards uh, for a for an yeah. AI pod on tour. I think that could be that that could be a lovely yeah, affair. Yeah. Um, but Cam, I mean, your, your initial take, were you, were you in any way cowed by it or are you, are you excited by it? What, what, what's your reaction to the group? You've done it again, Mr. Downey. You took the word right out of my mouth. Excited. Oh, yeah. Really, really excited. Um, this is what Champions League's about, playing the best teams and, you know, uh, proving yourself as a team. So 
I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be overly confident. I'm not going to be overly worried. I'm just really looking forward to it. And uh, I think as long as we don't get beaten in the, the two big games away from home uh, and come away with a point in each of those games, I, I'm really confident that we will, um, you know, get through to the group stage. Well, that is, yeah. that, is that, that, that is the flip side, Cam, I suppose. It's informing your excitement is the fact that none of those teams, it doesn't matter who they, they are, it doesn't matter whether it would have been Juventus or Real or anybody, will fancy uh, a night at Anfield uh, against our lot, who are currently, you know, um, exactly a, that. A, a, as scary as anyone, you know? Yeah, I mean, you tell me, when when the, uh, the, the second round of uh, teams have been drawn, every one of those, how many was it, eight groups, six, um, 16 teams, whatever it was, they were shitting themselves. They were literally shitting themselves. No, no one wanted us in pot three. Nobody wanted us. No, no. nobody would have wanted us. And no you one know, wanted us in pot four. Yeah. So, now, can I ask you? Eight would have been the worst. It would have been more difficult one with Atletico Madrid. And, yeah. um, uh, I can't remember who else they got. That, that's a tough group. Did uh, you, did so, you watch it? Did you watch it live, Cam? I, I watched it on the UEFA website and it was really funny because they had a, a, a background so that the teams were going into the groups into the position that they were drawn and all that and so I was seeing that before they had a little video uh, box in the bottom corner and that was about 30 seconds behind so I was seeing it come up before um, Orlan was uh, actually saying the teams and then okay. which group was going in so but it was quite bizarre but yeah I watched it as it was happening you could say yeah so so the question I have for you is um, we are in group C and in group D which is, I mean, it's got Locomotive, Porto, Schalke and Galatasaray. Now, I'm not saying, again, none of them are mugs, but it's a glorious group, really, to find yourself stuck in compared to some of the other ones. Um, and I wondered, um, was the draw done via, uh, per group? So, in other words, they drew Group B, Pot 3. Is that the way they did it? So, so PSV, Eindhoven came out, and then they went to Group C, and we came out, and then they went to Group D, and Schalke came out. Is that how that went? No, no. Um... No. They, no, they, they, they draw the they draw the team first. Okay. So they, from pot one, they drew the team, and then they had they had a, a quite a, a strange system of red and blue. <laughs> it, was, it was mad. Absolutely it was mad. mad. And then you've got all these connotations of well, obviously you can't have two con- two teams from the same <laughs> yeah. country. Uh, you've got yeah, the, the Tuesday night game, the Wednesday night game. So you've got to work all that system out. You, they've also said you can't have a Shakhtar. Donetsk playing uh, any of the Moscow teams um, and vice versa. So that had to be taken into the equation. Obviously, you then got all the, the same country scenario at this stage. So that had to be taken into uh, consideration. So it was like all of a sudden, you'd, they'd be drawing teams out saying, right, oh, actually, they can't go into E and C or uh, vice versa, whatever, because of this, that and the other. So they don't have so many. Then all of a sudden, you'd have it reversed. Oh, they can only go in either of these two groups because they can't go in any of these six groups because of whatever reason. So that made it a little bit confusing. You think you're, you're suddenly thinking, well, why can't they go in that in that group? And you're trying to work why in your head because I gave you all this long-winded list of why, of how it was being done and the, the UEFA computer was going to decide certain things because of all these connotations. So it's quite weird the way it was done. But It, it reminded me of Alan Partridge's which is um, Road to USA 94. On the day to day, you know, we had that big sort of circle thing with, uh, said, so, okay, so that one's going to be playing in Pasadena in the Rose Bowl and you couldn't make a single 
I owed sort of sense of what he was saying at, at all. It was just mad that there was one team at the end. Uh, I think it was I actually went, well, well, they can only play in Group E because they literally not allowed to play anyone else. It was yeah. just, it, I mean, I, I imagine it worked. I was hoping that Diego Fall managed to drop the ball or something, but um, it wasn't meant to be. But, I, I, I suppose I suppose I was wondering because I just I, I see Group D and I think oh, was it a, it was, so there was nothing okay there was nothing structured about it in that in that old fashioned one one per 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 uh, one at a time into each separate group I see so basically there was no sort of feeling of oh we just missed out on a nice easy group oh no I mean, no, no nothing like that okay no, well, uh, well no. looking looking around at it was at our, as random as can be. Well, looking yeah. around at our rivals, uh, Carl, you can see uh, the usual thing is for United to get a ridiculously easy group. This time they're paired up with uh, Juventus, uh, Valencia and Young Boys. Now, Young Boys, I imagine, will be the whipping boys, I imagine. Valencia, again, probably not the team of times past, no, but, no. They've, but they've done all right to get into the Champions League, I guess, in a... Maybe, yeah, wait, might be tricky. First time in a few years, isn't it, Yeah, yeah I, guess, I guess it's a lackluster. Um, it's, not, uh, it's not the rapid side. La Liga at the moment as well. So basically, they're they're looking like set fair to qualify at least in second, even if they are, if the wheels are coming off a little bit. Their city, however, Carl, I mean, that group, Shakhtar, yeah. the Jets, Leon, and Hoffenheim, they've got a fancy, you know, like you said, 18 points there. So they've won already. Yeah. They're already through. That they've literally put the ball in the next round draw. Yeah, it's 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 remarkable. Uh, and Cam, I'll give you the Tottenham group. Uh, to oh, Barcelona, PSV, <laughs> and Inter Milan. What do you think? Maybe. Uh, I think they'll do it, but I think Inter will give them a run for second. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think Inter might surprise them. The uh, based on based on nothing whatsoever. The one-time uh, footballer, current pundit, Darren Bent, was on yeah. Sky earlier yeah, on. I saw with that. And he reckons Tottenham will win that group. Uh, they will win the group. They'll yeah. win the group, he said. Yeah. yeah. Barca. Yeah. You're going to get Barca, you're going to win the group, are you? So, uh, who knows. But, uh, Tottenham did quite well last year, didn't they, in their group? And they had Real Madrid in there, didn't they? They did. They and did. They beat, and they beat Real Madrid at home, didn't they? Yeah. So um, you can't. And let's, oh, let's, they're let's a good team. Honest. Let's not. Let's not. Let's not beat around the bush. You know. I mean, Monday's result proves that. Well, let's what, be honest. What are they doing in pot two? What are they doing in pot two? We're in pot three. They won one it's game. Suddenly, it's suddenly you for coefficients. That's bloody mad. That. Yeah. They got. I, I checked their coefficient. It's 67 and ours is 62. That's why they're in Ohio. You know who works at the coefficient, Cam? The uh, previously aforementioned uh, uh, UEFA computer. I mean, do you trust that thing? I mean, it's it's staffed. It, it, like as Carl says, it, it it makes little or no sense. And I mean, look, my take on Tottenham in that group would be that I think they will actually do very well. And I'll tell you why. Because I think their manager must know that he's very, very close um, if things go pear-shaped, as they usually do for the current incumbent at Real, um, that he might be very close to that job. And I think it's the job that he wants. And so beating Barcelona a couple of times in the Champions League would be uh, CV-tastic. So I imagine that they will go very well in that competition. Myself. Evil, evil. I, I don't agree with you there, Trev. Um, you don't? No, because don't forget, he knew the Real... Madrid job was coming up in the summer. He signed a new contract in the summer. He then turned down Real Madrid. I think he's waiting for the United job. Oh, I don't like the sound of that. Yeah. I know, but, you know, I, that's where I see it going. Huh. Huh. 
Well, I, I, he's ex-Espanol, so I think that'll be he'd be really happy with that belt for that draw. Absolutely, absolutely. And he's really pro Espanol as well. The, briefly, then the the uh, the the less least of the four competitions we'll be involved in uh, is the uh, League Cup, whatever they're calling it there the, at the moment. Carabao um, Cup. The Carabao Cup or whatever what, what, it's called. What is it? What is it? Carabao, by the way. I, I've no it's, idea. Isn't it um, like some wild animal from America or some sort? That's a caribou. That's a caribou. Okay. Oh, is that a caribou? Which okay. is animal sponsoring competitions now. They've really moved up the chain. Yeah, I was just going to say. I, <laughs> I honestly, I honestly, the caribou is one of those things that get gets hacked to pieces in uh, in apocalypse now. And the pixies sang a song about a caribou yeah. as well. But um, a, a caribou, I've no idea what it is. It sounds like it's probably a sweetie brand of some sort, but I don't know. Um, and so anyway, back back to the the specifics of it. We have um, Sarri's Chelsea uh, at Anfield in the third round there, and Carl again. I mean. Uh, I found myself not in any way disappointed by the fact that we got no. a tough team. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of reveling in it. Uh, I think it's going to be a game where we'll see Sturridge and Shaq and a few boys starting, and I'm all for that. I was really disappointed it was Chelsea because um, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a football ground nerd. I was really hoping we'd get Oxford or Wickham because I haven't been there. <laughs> uh, and, and a few more. Yeah, I mean, me and my mates are always the same. Like, like, you know, so last year when we got Burton Albion, I, I, I think I celebrated that more than anything else last season. And I get to go to Burton and Albion. Yeah. Um, and there's Chelsea at home. We played them seven thousand times in the past three years or something, yeah. not ten years. And uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it'll be. I, I was thinking about this before. We either that is, that game is going to be decided by by which manager can be after the most. I think it's going to be that close. So I think if, if he starts putting out, you know, kids, because um, I don't think Chelsea are going to put, you know, I don't think they're going to risk hazards because we play them soon afterwards as well, don't we? So it's our next game in between. It's next, the next game, yeah. So it's oh, uh, it's our next game at the weekend. Sorry, wait, so, which, we, um, which, which we've done a few we, times. We we'll play them away. Yeah. So uh, uh, I don't know. It could be one of those games where I just think. I mean, I'm, I've got I'm on the auto ticket thingy, and, and you know, I've got a ticket I want to go. I'm not really bothered going to be honest. Because I'm sulking because we didn't go to Wigan. I I get that. I get the whole idea of of punching the car and getting to another ground. I love all that. I absolutely love all that. It's it's what it's it's kind of what it's about, especially that competition getting a chance to just go to these kind of pokey places that you haven't yeah. been before. But, but I was going to tell you a story about that. There's a friend please do. He's the director of Welling United. Uh, I used to work with him years ago, and he said to me, oh, I, can't, "I think this is the ground anyway." He said, "He said, oh, you won't be interested in our ground what game we've got. We're away on Saturday." So there, if you got you, we've got Braintree Town away, and we had we had Aston Villa away, and I was going, I'm, I'd be happy to slob. I'd love to go to Braintree away. That'd be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and he was saying the opposite. He said, Oh God, Villa, you know, to actually go to Villa Park with a competitive game, that'd be amazing. But it's so often I can't be Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you've got to you've got to do that dodgy walk out of that ground, which I do not enjoy. Yeah, Cam on on the on the Chelsea game. I mean, to look at a different angle of it. Um, I was speaking to to our Danish mate earlier on, and and like you know, I said to him that I'm finding it very disappointing that Chelsea have turned out to be good under Sarri. Um, not just good, bloody really good. And a, a kind of a worry. Um, do you know what I mean? In, in terms of, uh, I hope they might be one of the ones that could be uh, discounted for top four this year that we wouldn't have to worry about them. But 
they seem to have hit the ground running under this guy. Yeah, you've got to remember they won the league a couple of years ago. So, and still, a lot of those players are still there. And you've got a good manager there. So you've got a, a reasonable squad. So really, was it a surprise that they were going to be playing that well? I mean, I think I mentioned it on a, a show not long ago, uh, one of our, one of our previous pods, sorry. Um, they, they were, they were playing really well in pre-season. They're pressing really high. But, you know, they, he's got, he's got the ethos into him straight away really quickly. So he's done a, an excellent job in that respect. And you're right. It's, you know, we wanted turmoil. We wanted, uh, the club to be a bit like the scum down the road from us mm. and, you know, all over the place. Um, but they're not. Um, so, you know, you, hats off to, to Sarri. You know, he's, he's, he's done well. I think they, uh, uh, from what I've, I've seen, I didn't see the game. Uh, I think they got away with it on against Rafa's Newcastle. On I, I, I saw it and they, they didn't, well, they, they were easily the better side, to be honest with you. Rafa didn't come out um, and you know what they were going to do, try and nick a late one. Uh, but uh, I, I think it would be a bit harsh to say that they, were, they got lucky. I think they were easily the I, I think, what was it, a bit of an iffy penalty in an own goal? Oh, it was an incredibly diffy penalty, but they were battered. Yeah, but they, the, they, they, they camped it, you know? Yeah, but then we battered teams for 95 minutes and lost. Yeah, you know, they they battered a team. Well, we were. I want to remember. We were. Every, everyone in that crowd was hoping for a draw. You know, there's no way they were going to nick it. It's just, it's just really ironic that the second they came out, they scored. It's a beautiful goal as well. Really, really good header. It's a really difficult technique. But, um, it was a near post header while he was running away from the goal. It was one of those. And uh, yeah, I, I thought Chelsea were really good in that game because they just had to. They just waited that you're going to break that eventually, and they did. Well, that's quite enough about Chelsea and Sarri and all those boys, and we'll talk about them when the game comes up. And just for now, we're going to take a little break, and you're going to hear the tones of Mr. Gag standing talking to my mate, Jan Mulby. Hi, Jan. How are you? Um, is everything okay? Yeah, absolutely, Gag. Everything is fine. But you know what? I'm hearing you've got a special offer for Anfield Index Pro. Is that so? Yes, absolutely, and we've got your weekly show, Moby on the Spot, the popular stat show, Under Pressure. Post-match Raw is now back, and loads of other shows available at our lowest price ever. Go on then, Gax. How cheap is that? Get this, mate, get this. It's absolutely free for seven days, and then only thirty nine ninety nine for a whole year. New users can now sign up and access everything at AmphilIndexPro.com. I have to say, Gax... That is incredible news. i got to go. Where are you going? Well, to be fair, I need to go and tell Rushy about this offer. <laughs> Thanks. Whilst you're there, please let Rushy know that we accept all major credits and debit cards via the website. And not only that, we've now added PayPal too. And if you want an app option, then via iOS, you can purchase AI Pro through an in-app purchase. Jan? Jan? And we're back in play, lads. Let's talk, if we can, about the match most recently played by the Reds, the one uh, I missed, the only one I've missed um, live for freaking years. Um, I've seen highlights. I've seen the moments that we're going to talk about. And as we've done over recent weeks, maybe you might talk to me briefly about uh, some of the moments uh, that stand there for you. I'm going to go ahead and go out on the limb and say... Um, 
some uh, Alison Antics and some uh, Trent um, um, Wonder will be included in them. So, uh, Carl, I know you've uh, got certainly got some words to say about Trent and his beautiful uh, half volleyed pass. I, if they made that into a film, I would pay to go and watch it every night. Yeah. If, they, if they just put that on the loop for 90 minutes, I'd sit down and watch it with popcorn. It was beautiful. It was such a nice, lovely ball. And to say he's got the confidence to do that, I mean, fair enough, Brighton was sitting deep at the time, so he's not, he's not worried about people running behind him. But it's just one of those groundwork, those moments where you go, ooh, that was nice. Yeah. I, lo- I love things like that. And he stepped into the centre of the field and he's like a kind of midfield maestro passing it about and I think everybody's thinking well, that's what Trent is going to do for us down the line and I said that to, to, to Jan earlier on and Mr Malby says yep not on Jurgen Klopp's watch because Jurgen Klopp has in Trent a guy who's got all the technical qualities and ability to play a pass and a cross and the mobility to get up and down the line and the speed to recover that he likes in a full back. And Jan reckons that's where Trent will be under Jurgen because he's delighted with him there. Um, I think an awful lot of us were looking at that and thinking, yeah, I can see him in the future spraying balls around the middle of the park. Did that talk cross your mind as well? I've had many chats about this, about where, where Trent finishes his career. And I think he will move eventually. But um, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, can we, we discuss this before about him playing the centre midfield? I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm just happy where he is. He's recently in the game, though. He is. And, and it, to be honest, I think he's been hot and cold this season. I know that's ridiculous after three games. But um, he's still doing that cross to the opposing corner flag at 300 feet. Um, and that sounds really shirtless me saying that. But that annoyed me a bit in the West Ham game in the first half. But he, he's, he's, he's a kid and he's learning and he's really, really good. And that, that ball was just, um, I felt like he just sort of flicked me on the cheek and said, what do you think about that then? Yeah, absolutely class. Uh, yeah. Unless you've got a specific reflection in that camp, in which case feel free to mention it. I'd ask you maybe to move on to one of your moments. I'm sure there's an Alisson-related one you'd like to talk about. Uh, three Alisson-related ones. Um, oh, yeah, lovely. The two the two Nerf Fuck Cup, um, one in the first half where he came rushing out and... It was a left winger, a left attack, or whatever you want to call him, and he just managed to get a, the faintest of touches on the ball, and it just bounced off the bounced off this guy Smooch or somebody, I think his name was, um, and he got away with it, but he had to come out. But I don't know, was his starting position wrong or something? Maybe because he got there a touch late, or the the other guy was a bit too quick, and then he did something similar in the second half where he. He tried to take it round, um, what was that, fog of a striker, the one who scored the brilliant goal that we were talking about the week before against the scum. Glenn Murray. Over. Glenn, Glenn Murray. Glenn Murray, yeah. And he, he tried to go, go past him on the left and he, he nearly got caught in it. I think he was still in his own box at the time. He was, yeah, it was just was. one of those moments where you're thinking, you think that was the moment where you should have just put your big bloody size 11 through the, through it and just cleared it up to the, to the opposition keeper almost. You know, that was too close. And uh, one nil, you, you, you're thinking, you know, don't, don't do this. You know, don't, don't be that man that makes that stupid fuck up now in your third game to, you know, cost us a goal and cost us two points because it's not, it's not what you need. But then, and then he went and did that flick over the head and you're like, Oh my God. This guy knows what he's doing in football. 
It's just so mm. natural. And it's just like but you see, you see, you see what I'm what I'm, I'm trying to draw you out on is the fact that there's almost no difference between the two things because one he is is him taking a risk and and it coming off and the other one is him taking a risk and it not coming off like you said he, he nearly cleaned the guy out there it could have been a penalty or anything um he, he he's had one or two of those but he says himself afterwards uh, or in an interview there recently he says i take risks fans with heart problems may have to be careful now in other words he's a guy who revels in taking a chance because he has enough confidence in himself to believe that it's going to come off every time. And that dink over the um, attacker's head, I mean, I was thinking as I watched the, the highlights, I could hear Carl Kopak saying, Oh, just put your foot through it. You know, <laughs> I, I honestly could, I could just, I could, I could, I could just see. You were daddy right. Yeah, I could just, right. I, I imagine it was a bit cruder, but it could just, I could just see it bristling. And I mean, you know, it's lovely to enjoy afterwards, but. <laughs> In the moment, Cam, tell me, tell me, uh, you enjoyed that, and I'll, I'll say you're a better man than me. Um, I enjoyed it once it was done. Right, okay. as it was, as it was happening, yeah. I was like, "What the hell?" Yeah. Um, yeah. But the thing as well is, though, just to spin it slightly, at least the defense knows the keeper's going to be there, and that can only be a good thing. Because they, they know that they can retain the position of playing higher up the pitch. And there was a, there was times during the game we only had two centre backs and we were playing literally a 2 5 3. Yeah, we were. We just had Joel Gomez and, jo- and uh, Virgil van Dyke as the defenders on the halfway line, sometimes five yards inside the Brighton half. But because they knew Allison would be there. And you, you know, his starting position would be correct. And they already got that confidence in him to know that he is going to do something at least and not give the ball away. That, that makes us play our game higher up the pitch and more in the opposition half and more in the opposition penalty area. So yeah. you've got to take it. If that's his, that's his style. We know that's his style. He's not going to change his. Style. Why do we want him to change style? Because it helps us attack better as a team. That can only be a good thing. I mean, we had what twenty-two shots on goal, and I thought we played terrible. Sixteen shots on t- uh, inside the box. That's that's a really high figure. Okay. Are you going to stand? You're going to stand behind that sentence? You thought we played terrible? Honestly, I don't think we played well. No. I okay. Thought we, I okay. Thought we really I thought we faded. I thought we favoured. I thought that Brighton defended quite well, so they didn't come out at all. They were happy at 1-0. And um, I think everyone was just a little bit off in the second half. Yeah. I don't yeah. I mean... I, I just felt the game... I felt we played too slow. We played into Brighton's hands. We didn't have a tempo in the game. I mean, there was a, there was a move in the first half. It was a, there was a, a... It was just like one touch, and it, it got to the edge of the box, and it just broke down, and it was just... And it was always about that. It just broke down at that moment. Everything just seemed to break down, and it was just so frustrating. And that was the way that was the way the whole game went, really. Well, that said, to come to come around full circle, we started off talking about Alison. You questioning? Uh, we weren't we weren't questioning. We were talking about he's a guy who sort of lives on the edge in terms of taking risks. He's going to do it. But you mentioned uh, you know um, moments that matter and. He was there when it really mattered. When they got, when Christian Gross has that header on target and he gets down and saves it. I think that's 88 minute from what I could see in the highlights. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's late in the match. 
it's deep into the match. There's no time for us to come back. And you know what? In other seasons, maybe not last season, because I said I think we'd started to turn corners and 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 put some put some of these myths about us to bed. But in other times, we're used to seeing that go in, and they may even get a winner. But there's a resilience about this team now, and you know it's no small measure due to that tank between the sticks. He's I, I think I think he's a glorious addition. I have to say, I, I, I agree with you. He, he's fantastic. I mean, but for me, it was a regulation save. He didn't have to do too much. I mean, I've, I've watched it back again a few times. He he'd already stopped moving to the right before the header was made. Yeah, he'd he already positioned himself. He he was very very quick to get into position. And this is this is what's really good about him. He he's a really good keeper, and he anticipated where he had to be very quickly. He'd stopped. And he was already anticipating which way the header was going. So it was, he didn't have to die. He, I don't think he was actually off his feet when he actually put, uh, powered the ball away for a corner. Yeah. Yeah. That, that just shows that ca- he, his, his game intelligence is, is, is superb. Carl, to finish with one moment that we haven't, uh, focused on, we might as well let you chat about this. Um, you know, it's a, it, it, the bare stats of the match would would tell you that it was a, a, a very dominant Liverpool performance. The actual highlights, as you look back, them would say that there were not as many clear cut chances as we would look, normally like to see. Uh, Jurgen Klopp afterwards said it's a match that probably woke us up a bit. That was kind of the phrase that he yeah, used. Made, made, made up. Absolutely, but there was a moment in it that we need to refer to and celebrate because it's what's the point in doing shows like this if you can't talk about the good stuff? And that goal by Mo Salah, the finish after suppressing by Milner, each one of the front three involved in the interlinking passes, it's played into him. He strikes it first time, and there wasn't enough reveling in this fantastic technique that that took and the class uh the the direction of the finish everything about it is just glorious i i i i've watched that goal so many times since i just enjoyed it so much the fact that it's that man doing the business the fact that all front three are involved the fact that it came from a press by milner i mean that's something beautiful to celebrate and i i i, I imagine you enjoyed it very much at the time I love goals where there is so much pressure on the man to score and he just rolls it. And that's not cockiness. It's not even a case of confidence. It's just a case of he's just that good. Yeah. He's, just, it's, he's just doing his job. He's not sort of, you know, jumping around after like a maniac or anything like that. It's just sort of, oh, this is the bit where I score. And as uh, you say, it's it's not it's not overconfidence in his technique. It's taking the best option. In that case, it was yeah. passing it first time and curling it into the base of the post. It, it, was, it, was, if, it was if he said to Milner, "You scored that goal for me by doing that. I'll just I'll just finish it off. Yeah. That's all I've got to do." You know, there's yeah. no second guess and no sort of like, oh, which way should it go? You know, that sort of thing. It's just right. Okay, well that, that's a goal. Love all that. Love all that. Yeah. That's Can I just quickly add two little things? Please do. Uh, the goal came from the Milner foul. <laughs> he actually gave a foul away, and then they, they took a free kick, and then that's how we then did the press. So that was a, it's almost like do do fouls high up bloods and let them pass the ball out. If that's what they want to do. That yeah. was suicidal of Brighton to do, do that. Yeah. Um, and secondly, Ginny Wijnaldum, excellent game, but he was not a ten out of ten people. If anybody was thinking he was, I've, I've written about him. Really? Yeah. I've- Go on then. What's what's what? Uh, give us the, the give us the elevator pitch. I basically said that the seven midfielders Liverpool have got, and at the start of this season, or say the start of pre-season, I wouldn't have put Genie and Alderman in the top five of them. 
And I don't see how you drop him. I, I think everyone was off on Saturday, to be honest, but I, I just think Steven Alder has just been an absolute revelation this season. Yeah. He's been fantastic. The, the way he plays, with the tempo he plays, um, I'm loving this little uh, relationship he's got with, with Nabi Keita. And I just think I, it feels like he's arrived a bit because, you know, he, 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 he's, he's got the thing, you know, the monkey off his back about the away goal. And I just think he, he, just, he just looks relaxed. Yeah. And I, I think it's the best he's played for us. Some very, very, very entertaining Ginny Ronaldum photographs doing the rounds as well at the moment. Uh, go and check those out if you get a chance. Uh, look, we've, we could talk all night about various bits and bobs, but we're not going to because we want to start moving away from the football. So just to wrap it up, I'm going to let you guys choose which, which topic you want to talk about. We could talk about the lads who are leaving. We could talk very, very briefly about Leicester. Don't really want to. We could talk very, very briefly if you like, about um, the situation at uh, the lads down the East Lanks Road where you've got Man United players seemingly doing generic tweets with a picture of their them all standing together with their arms around each other and tweeting almost the same phrases. Eric Bailly uh, and David De Gea is tweeting phrases like United more than ever or together more than ever. The same language. It's It looks like a, an orchestrated thing. Are, are you seriously calling this a choice? I feel like I'm leading you down the garden path here, but I, I'm going to give you the choice, Cam. What would you like to talk about? I'm, I'm telling you to carry on. I'm telling you to stop. <laughs> oh, well, okay, you, you talk to me a little bit about... Well, you're uh, going to us to go upstairs to, 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 so you can, we can look at your etchings. That's the way you're, you're phrasing this. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, I understand. It, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was less than subtle. I, I, I don't, I just like all the rest of the stuff, whatever. But this is just such good fun, and it'll, it'll help us segue out of the football stuff. I'm, I'm curious, Cam. Like, I mean, you saw, you saw, everyone saw the 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 press conference. And by the way, if if you haven't seen the video, I retweeted it it's on my Twitter timeline today, which is cut together with uh, a very timely um, Aretha Franklin uh, R-E-S-P-E-C-T uh, and it's it's Jose um, uh, actual quotes done in perfect time um, from that from that speech it's one of the best things I've seen oh, it's, it's just fantastic have a look at it if you, if, you, if you get a chance anyway talk to me a little bit about that what what do you think is going on there do you think there's somebody waiting in the wings you saw the other um, um, a little video where it seemed someone was leaning into Woodward and saying fire him or sack him or something yeah 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 uh, that's talk. where I was going that's what, where I was going what do you think is happening there uh, I, we, we know he's having a meltdown we know the meltdown started last season um, he, he's thrown his toys out of the pram because the two centre backs he signed aren't good enough uh, or oh, well, one of them's not good enough, and one of them's struggling for form. Uh, and if you're wondering who the two centre backs he signed, one is Lindelof's at last season, and he signed Eric by the season before. So we know Lindelof's not the highest standard. So why he signed in last season is anyone's guess. Eric Bay is a fantastic player, we know, and I'd love him. We've said this before, we'd love him at Anfield. So he's got the problem now. He's he's at, he had to pick this week Phil Jones and Chris Smalling. Phil Jones is is worse than Dejan Lovren on a bad day. And and that's Phil Jones on a good day. So he he, he obviously messed up. He, he could have given a penalty away. Uh, he, he was at fault for um, a couple of the goals. He, Chris Morning was at fault. The, the whole team looks in a shambles. 
But then you got Jose coming out and telling us he's won three Premier Leagues or Premierships, as you call it, which I, I really hate because it's Premier League. It's not Premiership. That's rugby people. So, um, and he gets, oh, we've got up on three Premierships, which is more than all the 19 managers combined. Well, that's great, Jose. Well, well done. Where does Brilliant. that get you? Brilliant. Yeah, Bruno, where does that get you now? If you've won three Premier League titles, it doesn't mean diddly squat in the grand scheme of things right now. Do you, do you do you reckon he's for the door? In short, do you reckon he's do you reckon he's for the door? Because I will I will say he'll want to get sacked because he will not want to give up his his. If he walks, he forfeits his, his contract. If mm-hmm. he gets sacked, he walks away with a nice juicy ten, twelve, fifteen million, whatever it is. So whatever. we we basically want uh, about four, three or four wins in a row for United because we don't want him getting sacked too early. We don't want him getting sacked. No, no, no. We don't. We don't even want wins. We just want them to muddle along. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Win one, draw one, lose one. Win one, draw one, lose one. Because that way it sort of looks like they're doing the right thing, but they're not doing the right thing. But again, if we want to look at the stats, on Monday they, they had about 23 shots on goal. Yeah. <laughs> no. The crazy thing is they didn't, you know, they had about six or seven on target. Tottenham only had three or four on target, but. To, to be fair to the sour-faced uh, face twonk, he was actually saying that himself, that they were actually decent. Um, Carl, what's your definitive take on this before we move away for, to to another manager very briefly? I I had just a little bit of sympathy for him and things he was saying, because he said, we, we, we attacked Tottenham. And he, they did. United really attacked Tottenham. Yeah. And then Tottenham got the goal, and then, then United were lost. And that, that's the way I look at it. Um, and, and as I said last week, you know, as Gary Neville says, when you concede a goal, you don't concede two. And they did it again. They conceded two goals, one after the other. And then, and this is where the problem is, they didn't know what to do after that. Because normally when United go two down at Old Trafford, and it did happen under Ferguson, then the least they can expect is a draw. And they tend to win because that's because they've got their mentality. That side didn't know what to do. And when he brought on, I know we had to bring off, bring on the Lindhoff. I just thought that large playing from memory, he was so poor. And they just kept getting caught all the time. And, and, um, it's, it, what I thought was really strange. Was no, no, he brought, like, he brought Lindelof on. Yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. He brought them on and thought, well, if that's your answer. Yeah. Because that, that, lad, that, that lad should be so far down the peck and all that it's untrue. He's not ready for that side at all. But the problem is, his, all of his central defenders are proving the point that he needed central defenders in the summer. Yeah. And that's going to be his argument now with Ed Woodward. Yeah. I wanted the central defender. You didn't well, get me Toby Oldwald. You didn't get me Aaron Maguire. Yeah. That was stupid money. Well, when... Um, I think in the long term thing, I don't think he is going to walk because I don't know where he goes next because he's done the big jobs now. I just don't see him going. He's not going to go to Tottenham if Pochettino goes um, or swaps job with him. I can't see that happening. There's um, the money. The money move to PSG is the only he's, one that's he's left. He's the big one, isn't That's yeah. the only one I can possibly think of. He's not going to go to Bayern uh, if that ever comes free. I, that's why I think he's not going to go yet because I think he's already he's just waiting. Then, then he'll pick a non-issue. Then he'll go. One one rival manager who's really on top of uh, sorting out the issues in his team uh, is Unai Emery. And I don't know if you've heard about this, but basically Arsenal's players have been banned from drinking fruit juice by Unai yep. Emery. Um, according to uh, a story I saw, the Spaniard has taken juice off the menu at the canteen in, in London Colony. And uh, he's trying to improve the squad's fitness levels. He wants to cut sugar out of his players' drink. Calm down, sort of, won't it? Yeah, that's the answer because... Um that's they've not, they've not managed. To, they've not managed ninety minutes yet. Any of the Arsenal players, have they? 
they just break down after about 75, 80 minutes, and they, yeah. you know, that's just bizarre. The, the, the sugar in fruit juice is, isn't it one of the better sugars? It's fructose. Yeah. It's not glucose, is it? Yeah, uh, basically all sugar is is uh, is at various levels of, of 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 pointless as far as I can see. But I, I do it does seem a little bit like um all tinkering around the edges, you know, sort of um um you know uh it's it's it, and I'm sure it's not his only strategy, but it just seems a strange thing to be coming out. It's obviously someone's been briefed with that story about how Uno is going to get sorted out because he's sorting out the training more would. <laughs> you would think so. You would tell, think tell, so. Tell Ozil to track back occasionally. Yes. Well, yeah. Ozil's been tracked back to the dressing room. Yeah, he's I, not. Yeah. He's not starting again for a while, is he? No. It's 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 a, it's a curious scenario. What's happened around that man? To be perfectly honest, um, I have to say. Uh, um, but look, let's uh, let's uh, move away from from football altogether. Maybe maybe yeah. he, maybe uh, Emery should get the players into. Bake cakes in the club canteen or something. Listen, that's to be fair. That's great fun. That's it was great superb, fun. wasn't it? Yeah, I, I have to say, look, I mean, we are we're all sort of um, of a vintage where that kind of stuff makes you you think about it and it makes you cringe. But I have to say, there's a uniform excellence in terms of the production and the the genuine fun factor in all of these things that the club are putting out from you know Mo Salah bursting out of pieces of paper to to surprise kids to the lads doing something similar there today I saw something with Virgil and and, and uh, Bobby Firmino and it's I mean I know it's hack I know it's 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 PR but it's good PR and it's a lot easier to yeah. watch I have to say anyway let's get away from football and let's talk about something else and I mean uh, again, uh, an element of choice here. We do have some um, questions hanging around from last week, and I'm going to start with one of these, which is kind of a half-sport, half-non-sport question. And it's a question from Brett, who says, what's your favourite non-football team in any sport or league or country? So you got to pick a team apart from the Reds um, in any sport to follow. Carol, I know you're going to have thoughts on this, so I'm going to come to you last. Cam, let me surprise you with it. Favourite non-football team? I've already got the answer ready. Go on. Philadelphia Eagles. Oh yeah, are you a, are you a fan of 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 that of that particular game? Would you do you follow? I was many many years ago. Yeah, same um, same. When it was back on in, Channel Four back in the Chi- day, the Chica- Chicago Bears era of the fridge yeah, and all that. Well, you're yeah. William William the fridge, weren't you? For me, it was all about Randall Cunningham, yeah. and he was the quarterback for the Eagles. But he he suffered from terrible knee problems, and uh, he never quite. He, he he could have gone on to be the one of the greatest ever quarterbacks, but the knee just held him back, unfortunately. So, yeah, Philadelphia, the Philly Eagles back in the day. I, I had a Philly Eagles, uh, uh, you know, not a baseball cap, but a Philly Eagles cap. Um, I never wore it backwards like you, though, Trevor. I wasn't that cool as a young <laughs> because obviously. You know, you being 32, you can still pull that off. You know, me being 74, it's a bit more difficult. Yeah, we, we sort of let Maybe. that statement go a bit, didn't we, Cam? Well, you know, I, I thought I'd let him. He's have been 32, yeah. yeah. Yeah, look, look, if, if I, I've, I've. I mean, I just uh, wonder how old he was in that Braveheart movie then. <laughs> I'll let you all do the maths on that, people. Yeah, uh, I've 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 successfully fooled all the listeners. Will you, Christ's sake, give me a moment here? Um, <laughs> so Philadelphia Eagles, I like that. You uh, did you did you did you re-engage lately? They've been doing. 
doing okay in, in recent years? Did you, did you pay I, any no, attention? I, I, I don't follow it now. I mean, follow uh, it. Okay. Yeah, okay. I mean, I've been told I've, I've got to watch basketball. So, um, uh, you know, everybody's telling me that's the sport now. So maybe one day I'll start, I'll get onto that. On my way to you, Carl, I'm told by Guy uh, Drinkle that he likes the Toronto Raptors because he likes dinosaurs. And that's about the level of contribution we can accept, expect from Guy in this show. You're your chosen non-football team? I'm not sure I've got one. Non-football team? I only like football, really. Um, I could say cricket, but that would, I couldn't tell you who plays for Lancashire, which would be my team, I suppose. Um Oh, don't, don't they have don't they have chess teams? Is that a thing? No, it's very much an individual game. Well, yeah, but uh, I suppose I was going to say you could probably get around it if you played in the school chess team. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I mean, obviously, no. that, well, in that case, it, it would definitely be in Mugstown Primary School before I moved to Crocky. There um, you go, Carl, Carl. I thought you were into beach volleyball. Very big fan. It's it's really big here in Hendon. No, no, not really. To be honest, uh, I, I do watch it if it's on. No, I don't really do anything like that, to be honest. I mean, cricket is my second favourite sport, but the fairly distant second. So if if, if there was uh, lads um, playing rugby on the TV, you would turn it off? Yes. Uh, if there, if that, that, that is nothing to do with me at all. American football, baseball, anything like that, basketball, you're, you're, not, you're not watching, rules, don't no. care? No. Okay. Okay, I would say I've got a sport in um, a team in almost every sport. I like there was a time when I would watch like two flies crawling up a wall. I don't have time to do that anymore, but I I would have a, an affinity with a team in almost every sport. But if I had to pick one, it'd be my local Gaelic football team. But that is kind of technically football, so I don't know how I get away with that. Um, next one, uh, I wanted to get to this. Uh, we didn't do it last week, I don't think. It was. A question from Josh, which came in, and Josh was saying, what's the most expensive loaf of bread that you've got money on? And we saw, we decided, Carl, I think, in a sort of uh, editorial moment pre-show, to change that to the most expensive meal that you've ever paid for. Um, it, with 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 uh, apologies to Josh, because the lads were struggling a bit with the concept of expensive bread. <laughs> so uh, the most expensive meal that you've ever uh, had was where, Carl? Well, are you talking about individually bought for myself? I guess so. I, 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 I think we've got some, we've got some wiggle room here. Whatever you think. Because um, I mean, everyone sort of paid the family bill and, and done that sort of thing. I'd say actually, the, the biggest bill I paid for is cheating because it wasn't my company. It, it wasn't my money, but I did, um, I did wedge out for a seven hundred pound restaurant night out with my team once. Ah, but with a checkbook not belonging to you. Yeah, it wasn't mine, but I, I, <laughs> but I, but I still, when, when it arrived, I thought, oh, hello, I, I may have gone a bit over there. <laughs> <laughs> this was long before I worked for a charity, by the way. I don't do anything about that charity. Uh, I like that. I like that. It's, that's good. That's good. So, Even uh, it wasn't my money, I still blanched visibly when, when, the, when, the, you know, when, the, when the card had to be produced. Anyway, yeah. it wouldn't go through the first time. I think, well, there's no way I'm back in this one. No, put it on my card. No, that is not going to happen. That's quite a dent, all right. I have to say, it's quite yeah. a dent. I, I, I only last only four days ago spent uh, the the grand total of thirty two dollars on a steak because I didn't want to move any further from where I was because it was too warm and I wanted to go into air conditioning. And the place we were beside was pretty damn expensive. That to me was absurd. Um, but I enjoyed it because why not? You know, it's a one off. 
But in terms of those kind of group meals, yeah, I've had to pay for a few family dues, but I feel um I feel as if you're going to trump us on that. I've seen Cam's Facebook photos of this week. This is going to be interesting. <laughs> talk, talk, talk well, my friend. Thankfully, thankfully, well, saying that, this week has cost me... Oh, I don't want to. I don't even think about what this week has cost me, because I'm dreading the the suit bill from my wife, the, her and the girls. So that's another matter altogether. Um, oh, by the way, folks, thinking that my nephew got married on Sunday. The idiot. I did try to talk, talk him out of it, um, <laughs> but he wasn't having it. Um, idiot. Pixie's in love. Oh, little does he know. <laughs> this is the this is the bitter the bitter talk of a man who lives in the shed. It's, it's I spell in those photos. I spell them. I don't even you with your arm around the shoulder, sort of just with a frown, just shaking your head slowly at him. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I have to say, Cam, credit where it's due. The the outfits that you uh, you had, uh, you and your missus, what spectacular clothing yeah, that is. They were. Wow, 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 man. That was such cool stuff, I have to it say. Looked, it, looked, it looked like a day out, that. It really did. It, it, was, it, was, it was more was than a day out. Yeah. 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 yeah, it was more than a day out. That was, a two, that was t- uh, pre-party, uh, the, the uh, ceremony at the Gurdwara Stroke Temple in the morning, and then the uh, reception in the evening, which was mental. I got home one o'clock Monday morning and when I woke up at midday Monday, my body has never been so tired. So um, <laughs> I, I was in pain. But anyway, going to the most expensive meal, my daughter's 18. She decided to, she wanted all the scummy family there, i.e. the Manx. And the bill was, it was over 400, just shy of 500. That's painful. Yeah. Oh, that's painful. I think yeah. I'd frown at every single person involved. But at least it went to a Liverpool fan who owns a restaurant, who goes to the games regularly. So oh, at least I paid for half of his season ticket that night. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Can, can, I, can I name drop on this, actually? Please do. I've got a name drop story, but it was really good. We, um, I, I did a, a few things for Ray Kennedy a while ago with my mates. Uh, we met Jamie Carragher. And he very kindly donated some money. And it was the last day of, of um, the thing we did. And uh, we said to him, I thought, right, I'm just going to mention it to him that we're going to his restaurant tonight in the hope he says, oh, do you know what? I'll ring ahead. The bar's on me. And uh, I went, yeah, Jamie, we're off, to, uh, we're off to your place tonight. And he went, oh, really? And I went, here we go, lads, here we go. And he went, oh, get spending. Cheers, 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 mate. Good lad, Cara. That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> no such thing as a free lunch. No. <laughs> Unless you're coming out to dinner with me. Yeah. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I've got two questions left for you, lads. Um, uh, one is, uh, uh, well, actually, we'll see if we get to, we may not get to the two. This next question is one that I came up with ages ago. Uh, I was in a sequence of, of, yeah, we, we had like, what's a good meal? What's a good drink? What's a good this? And this next one is, what's a good game? Now, we've established that Carl's not, not inter- interested in other sports. We do know you have a serious affinity with chess. I can't accept that from you because that's obviously your favorite game. So I want you to think outside the box there. I'll come back to you. Cam, what's a good game? 
good game. Oh, crikey. Um, Side from hide and seek. Um, <laughs> I will accept. I will accept, I will accept a computer game if you're at a loss. If that's something you ever did, I don't no, know. No, I, I I never really got into uh, computer gaming. I did have a Commodore VIC twenty, and the game I used to play on there was the Matrix, which I really enjoyed. And my mate got a Commodore sixty four, which blew the VIC twenty away. Yeah, and the game on that, and the game that we always played on that was Revenge of the Mutant Camels. Wow, based on a real story. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> but I'm, I am, for some strange reason, quite good at Scrabble, but my English is terrible. So if, how, uh, how, how, how do you do some work? I don't know. I don't know how I do it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I, so. Are you choosing Scrabble because you're good at it or because it's a good game? Both. Okay. Oh, I, I, do you know what? Absolutely can't beat that, and it's a classic. I like it. Uh, for the record, Mr. Drinkle come, right. came, out, came out with Halo 3, and then, in a kind of more old-school fashion, Buckaroo, he reckons, is the business, and he is right. It is a glorious yes, game. It uh, it's in that in that tradition of operation and... Mousetrap and all those. I think Buckaroo's your man there. Uh, Carl, I'm coming to you now for your favourite game or what's a good game. I, I have one, but I'm just going to talk about chess for a second for two reasons why chess is so good. Number one is that you can't be lucky at it, and I really like that. You can't win, win on luck. You've got to get yourself into position where if the, if the other person makes a mistake, it's because you put them in that position. I, I love that about chess. Uh, but the second one is the more you lose, the better you get. So I, I'm on something called chess.com. Uh, I'm the sensi, if anyone wants to play me. And, um, I deliberately played a five minute game yesterday knowing I'd lose because it's the only way you learn. Because basically you can play games against people who don't know what they're doing and win and you'll just never improve ever. So I really like that. Um, so I did get some chess in after all. But my favorite game, I'd say, I've gone for the, for the, uh, the computer thing and I would say it's Goldeneye for instance. 64. Ah yes, that was the greatest game ever made. Yeah, that was quite a favourite, wasn't it? I mean, I can't, I, 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 I never had that console, so I don't know the game. Did, did you have Mario Kart? Did you have Mario Kart? I've played it. Yeah, yeah. I love that game. That that was my 1993, 94 season. <laughs> it was it Mario Kart. It got to a point where we had a book. Me and my housemates had a book about the top top times, and at one point it got so bad because you could do like a match race thing. Where we were, we were so competent at the game that me and my mate Andy, uh, play Andy Kenobi with him. Uh, we, um, we did one-handed Mario Kart, where you went on RT, you put, put the console with one hand, with two hands. <laughs> you put it on the table and you operate it with your fingers. How is that? It, wow, you must have been seriously good at that, at that stage. My lad would beat you. He, he loves the old school games. I, I keep saying this, I, I think, Put this on my Twitter bio ages ago. Um, oh no, I did it in the Q and A once. You know, the question was, you know, what's your favorite computer game? So I'm not really into computer games, but if you're coming to my house and you think you can beat me at Mario Kart, um, prepare yourself for tears. My lad would beat you lying on his back with his feet over his head, and Trev's got proof of that. You should have proof of that, Carl. You've seen the videos today of how he watches TV. Yeah, I have. Yeah. To be fair, it's a, it's a classic TV watching pose. It was the one I adopted for about 12, 
of years as a child as well. I don't, what, I, I don't know what it is. Well, look, listen, Cam, if he turns out as well as I did, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? That's, I do, I do. Yeah. <laughs> For the record, my computer game would be Max Payne, the third one, which is the most fun I've ever had playing a computer game. And in terms of a board game, there's a game called Boggle. I don't know if you know it. It's like a grid. I it's a, like a four by four grid and it's full of, um, um, these like basically, you know, cubes and on each side there's a letter and you shake it up and you put it down. You've got to make as many words as possible. And I played that for a fortnight straight in a crappy little wrecked house when there was rain on the beach every single day of our terribly depressing holiday. <laughs> I still remember it. It was good and I enjoyed it. And, um, I, I could to- do a Rubik's cube as, as a kid. I could never do that, man. I, I did not have the patience for any of those things. The only, the only ancient toy that I got into and was good at was the yo-yo. Do you remember the spinners? Yeah. Thinking it? Was, oh, the spinners. Oh, that's yeah. old school, right? That's old school. It was quite handy. Yeah. yeah, quite handy at that. But, you know, us 32-year-olds remember this type of shit. Um, last thing today to, before we go is um, a choice for you. You can uh, come up with a business card for one of the other members of the podcast <laughs> or, you can, or you can if you wish to save that for another week give me a netflix recommendation i want it fairly short and sharp uh, so we can get out of here tightish for the hour so what is it you might want to do cam what's your choice a business card for one of our one of your pod chums here or do you want to give me a netflix recommendation i'll do the business card next week yeah, you watching, want to think about it, okay. Yeah, I want to think about it. So I'm watching Aquarius at the moment with uh, uh, David Duchovny, and he is, we just know he's a brilliant actor. And it's a really strange thing because it's sort of based around the uh, Charles Manson time. So they've got Charles Manson in there, blah, blah, doing his stuff, and it's sort of flips between Charles Manson and David Duchovny, who's playing a professor, uh, Officer Hodiak, a policeman. And it's, it's not brilliant. It's not great, but it's engaging in its own little way because of, because of David Duchovny. He just gets you drawn in. So yeah, check it out. You might like it. You might not. Love it. Um, I am hopelessly uh, out of time for watching things uh, as a rule. So I just caught up on Ozark, the first season of it, Ooh, which superb. Which I enjoy immensely. If you haven't seen it, yeah. I would recommend that. And apparently season two is on the 31st of August, which is quite cool. Uh, Carl, are you going to go with the business card? Or are you going to wait till next week? Or are you going to do a Netflix? I'll, what do, you, I'll, do? I'll do the Netflix thing. I've, I've, um, I've, again, I've, I'm saying that you have been too busy to, to look at anything new on there. But I know you don't want me to talk about this thread, but I think I'm going to do it. Go. We need to talk about power. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm halfway yeah. through the third season, and I don't know if anyone's watching this, but it's the most ludicrous plot thing I've ever seen in my life. It's basically there's a New York gangster who's the most famous drug dealer in the world, but no one knows he's a drug dealer. Um, Is that um, Fifty Cent? No, 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 no. no, no he's no. not the main character. He plays in book later on. Yeah. Okay. Um, and um, he's leaving his, uh, his, as I call the Mrs. Main character, um, for a girl he went to high school with, who happens to be an FBI agent or something similar who's investigating someone called Ghost, and his nickname is Ghost. And I can't believe this has gone three seasons when she hasn't gone, hold on, it's you. There's, <laughs> lots, of, there's, there's lots of stuff. That, oh, I think he's, I think Jamie's Ghost, you know. Well, of course he is. Look where he lives, man. Um, uh, oh, yeah. yeah no, but he does own a nightclub. 
he just runs. He runs several nightclubs at, at the point I'm at the moment, and um, it's just. What I, what I found particularly, I, I spoke to a lot of people about this last week. Regardless of the context of the episode, there's always a gratuitous nude sex scene. So if you want, <laughs> want to watch over that further, but I literally, I get. I saw one episode where literally they just thought the big couple had a big fight, and you could obviously the director's gone. Hold on, there's no nudity in this one. Um, Right, get them into bed. Yeah, but they've been fighting throughout the whole thing. They're not talking to each other because of what she's done in court or something. Yeah, but I know, but let's just throw it in at the end. Um, and the next episode, which, oh, this is just so gratuitous. <laughs> By the way, I'm not, I'm not complaining here at all. The episode started with, so there's three little groups. There's, um, there's Jamie, who's the main character, um, and his girlfriend, Angie. There is Tommy with his girlfriend, Holly. And there uh, is um, Jamie's wife, sorry, ghost wife, um, Tasha. This is main character. And it started off with a sex scene between Tommy and Holly. And then the second scene was Tasha talking to Jamie on the phone. She's um, getting ready into her lingerie. Uh, and when it went to, ta- um, to um, Tommy, his girlfriend is getting married uh, into lingerie in the background in the first 30 seconds of the program. As if to say, we're just going to get this done now, lads. <laughs> this is all done. And at some point, we will get to the plot. Yeah. And, I- and- the acting's atrocious, and yet I still watch it. I'm going to watch it now. It is. It's the worst okay. acting ever. Oh, it's so bad. It's terrible. And still, you've persisted. So obviously yeah, I've stopped watching it. I've given up in season five. It's got so bad, the whole storyline. And the acting is... The, because the kids have got older, and the kids haven't got any better with their acting. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just... It, like, wait, wait, it's, it's like, I, I just, I, I've, I've literally pulled out my one grey hair. Thirty-two-year-old <laughs> <laughs> cab there, everyone. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm gonna ask because I can't really tell from the photos. That's not a thing, is it? What grey hair? Yeah. No, no, I I'm, don't know. I've got. I've, it started in the obviously it's in the beard a bit, and it started on the side, uh, going yeah. up sideburns. Uh, yeah. But I think there's one right in the yeah. middle, just one, and I'm quite proud of it. I don't know how you, I don't know how you've done that because my, 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 my beard is like full on freaking, you know, gray, grayish white stripes down the two sides. It's, it's. You look it's good, Trev. Don't worry. You, you've got a, you've got a, for a 32 year old, I think, you know, you've got a certain, <laughs> um, maturity going on there with your beard. It's, de- it's, it's depressing. It's, it's depressing, man. You know, for lads of my age shouldn't look like that. That's all I'm saying. Um, Carl, yeah, I, I, I got, I got dead lucky, but they're all great things. I've got a little bit in my beard, a tiny bit, but not my head at all. How? <sighs> I know, it's weird. It's, it's really weird. My mum my was great at 19. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Everyone keeps asking Mrs. B, D, what dye does he use? And she's like, no, he doesn't use any. No, 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 you've got to tell us. Well, you know, he's obviously sworn you to some sort of secrecy here, but which dye is he using? But I think, Cam, that we're going to, you and I will go white overnight. Not grey. Yeah, yeah. Straight we'll to white. Happen. But saying that, no, my, my old man, um, he, he had a, a look going on eventually. He had half head of white and half head of black. So I reckon I'll probably, I reckon I'll follow him. You look amazing like that. Yeah, yeah. I reckon it's, there's a certain, uh, suaveness about it. Yeah. It's good. It's a good look. It's a good look. I, I, I can, I can recommend it. And, and, and if you were, if you were, Put to it, either of you, if you were put to it and you could see that it was creeping in a little bit, would you be tempted to use product? No. Would you be tempted no. to use dye? No, you wouldn't. No, no, no. no. 
See that? See that, listeners? Salt of the earth types that I work Scouts. with here. Absolute, yeah, proper. No, no messing with, no messing with any of that. <laughs> Those beautification things. We should finish it up because we're rambling and it is a good spot for us to wrap up this episode of the Anfield Index podcast. Before we go, it is customary for us to ask the lads if they have anything they want to talk about, any final thoughts or plugs or anything. So, Carl, I'll come to you first. I'm not going to talk about the book this this week because I want to mention some green grass. I did an article this week about um, the death of an Australian amateur football called Mickey Dean, uh, who, who plays in New South Wales. Um, he was playing a veteran's match. He was 47 and he complained of chest pains. Uh, and sadly he died on the way to hospital. Um, so the new, the Liverpool Football Club of New South Wales branch, uh, run by a tremendous woman called Amanda Joy Allen. Um, they did some fundraising and they got defibrillators not just for their local club, but for all the clubs in the area. And they brought in a, 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 a not for profit organization called Heartbeat of Football who are now running out tests. For all the footballers in the local area, and very good man. These are people who uh, run around a lot, and you know they're, they're, they're fit at what they do. I'm not saying that they're athletes; it's an amateur league. But um, every single player um, went through their testing. It's called a six-minute test, and 30% of them were referred to a doctor afterwards. It's terrifying. So, so if you'd like to read that article, I'd really, really appreciate it. But I'd appreciate it more if you got yourself looked at. Yeah. I, 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 um really 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 engaging uh piece by carl and as he says at the back of it there's just a very simple piece of advice get get your heart checked because because those numbers are i think that i found that massively shocking okay it really that 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 sort of really hammered home with me um so yeah as as usual some green grass and a ball and the latest piece um carl's just described to you there cam anything to finish yeah one quick look thing and then two quick look quotes um Going back to the Marina uh, Dalglish uh, uh, fundraising effort that we are proud appeal. to be, you know, really pushing appeal. Sorry, um, you can do it through Amazon as well. So if when you're purchasing on Amazon, you can choose a charity that they Amazon will donate 0.5% to or something like that. So you can choose the Marina Dalglish appeal on there as well. So it's that's something like a downloadable novel, for example. Yeah. Yeah, so oh, if you're, I love yeah, it. Yeah. Seamless. <laughs> seamless. Seamless. Thank you, Excellent. Carpack, you are unreal. <laughs> that is, that is. I, I used to work. Thank you, Jesus, wet. That's incredible. <laughs> uh, I, I, I need to have a word with you then about my business. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, and then my two quick quotes. When his son Paul had twins, we're delighted. I think it's the first time he scored twice in one game. Lovely. That's the king as well. And then, and then my, uh, my moving inspirational quote for the day. Beginning today, treat everyone you meet as if they were going to be dead by midnight. Extend to them all the care, kindness and understanding you can muster and do it to, and do it with no thought of any reward. Your life will never be the same again. Oh, but a branch. Thank you very much for that. I love that. That's very nice. What a, what a, what a, what a upbeat and positive note to end on. I do appreciate that very much. And we will finish up by me thanking you, treasured listener, for the support of your ears every week and imploring you to lend us the support of your recommendation in whatever form that may come. We're not picky. Until next week, I've been Trev Downey. And until we speak to you again, be kind to your fellow Reds and stay woke, meat sacks.
Podcast Network.